Sunday, September the 4th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Well, hello, everyone. It's really good to be here. Uh, my name is Joel. If you don't know who I am, I know most of you I know. So it's really good to be here. Um, at DTI, I did a seminar. And I was asked, as part of this feedback, to do a bit of this seminar. And the title I was given was Looking After Our Wellbeing. How do we look after our mental health? And when I was thinking about this, I realized sometimes we don't know how to act. So the other month, I was at a Christian youth festival, very similar to DCI. And it was a ministry time, so people were praying for one another. And I was praying for this 12-year-old boy. And he just started to cry. And his friend who was just here, you'd know he'd never seen him cry before. Because he kept looking at his friend. And then looking to the front and kind of like that nervous laughter you have when you're not too sure what's going on. Like, here. And then he's like, okay, I need to do something. It's all right, mate. Cheer up. And then he's getting back. He's like, oh, okay. Okay. Then he realizes he's still crying. He's like, what am I going to do now? It's all right, mate. I cried at the first half of High Poor. Everyone cries. And at this point, I was like, do you want to go over there? You're not too sure what's going on. But... When we encounter stuff like anxiety or depression or mental health, sometimes we're like that person. We don't really know how to act. We don't know what to say. What are the right things to say? And what are the wrong things to say? And often, because we don't know, we can sometimes communicate things that aren't helpful. We can sometimes hurt people with our words and our actions because we don't know how to act. Today, I'm going to look at the very cheerful subject of depression. I want to try and answer this question. How to cope when you hear about the joy of the Lord, but you're struggling with depression? Start all this off, I think we need to look at the language. This quote by Matt Haig says this. We use depressed as a synonym for sad, which is fine, as we use starving as a synonym for hungry. Though the difference between depression and sadness is the difference between genuine starvation and feeling a bit peckish. How do we word our word? How do we look at our language? What do we say? What, how do we use our words? NHS has put this as the difference between sadness and depression. Sadness can include an anxious feeling, being worried, being tired, low self-esteem, frustration, anger. Depression... Is sleeping more, sleeping less than normal. Is eating more, eating less than normal. Feeling irritable, upset, miserable, lonely, being self-critical, feeling hopeless, maybe wanting to self-harm. Feeling tired and not having any energy. Not wanting to do things that you previously enjoyed. Not wanting to meet up with friends slash avoiding situations. They're a bit similar. When you go to a GP, they'll ask you, what's the amount of time you've been feeling these things? When you get, when you are seen as depressed by the GP and start getting help in that sense, it needs to be for an extended period of time. Sadness and depression are two very different things. 
But when you're in that place, if you're sad, if you've got low moods, or maybe if you feel like you're depressed, when you're feeling these emotions, how do you cope when you come to church and you hear, the joy of the Lord is my strength? How do you cope when you hear, you need to be joyful, you need to get that joy? How do you feel that? Because I'm not sure about you, but if I've come in and I'm feeling low moods, or maybe I'm feeling depressed, and I hear, you need to be joyful, I go, oh, well, I'm not a good Christian then. Do you mean I'm not having this joy? How do I do it? And the reason people feel hurt in the church sometimes is because we're communicated, you need to have the joy of the Lord. And actually what they hear is something different and they feel like a bad Christian because they're not feeling happy right now. So what I want to say is, the joy of the Lord isn't the emotion happiness. We can often communicate the joy of the Lord of this euphoric happiness, like walking on clouds, like, oh, life's good, I'm going to ignore everything, this is amazing. We can often communicate the joy of the Lord of this emotion happiness, and then when you're feeling depressed and you actually can't really be happy, you go, oh, I can't have the joy of the Lord. Because happiness is fleeting. The emotion happiness isn't sustainable. Emotion happiness comes and goes. Emotion happiness is based on external circumstances and environments. I'm happy because my food has arrived. I'm happy because I got a new hoodie. I'm happy because my kids went to DTI for a week without, and I'm by myself for a week. Happiness can go though. My food has arrived, but it's cold. I got a new hoodie, but it doesn't fit. My kids went away, but now they're back. (laughs) The emotion comes and goes. We've placed joy in this category of an emotion. So when you struggle with your mental health, you feel like you're just tapped out of that emotion. Well, the joy of the Lord isn't an emotion. The joy of the Lord is a fruit. Paul writes in Galatians 2.26, But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have been crucified to the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So as Christians, we believe our God is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit is on this earth. He's who we can encounter on this earth. We believe he's given us gifts. And one of those gifts is joy. Paul is saying here, joy is a gift we can receive. So straight away we realize we can't produce joy. But it's something given to us. We can't force joy, much like we can't force salvation. It's given to us. So you can't just sit there and go, I need to be joyful, I need to be joyful. You can't force it. You can only receive it. So the joy of the Lord can't be produced, it can only be received. So if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling those low moods, if you're feeling depressed, don't worry if you can't produce joy, because you can't. Only you can receive it. Psalm 16.11 says this, You make known to me the path of life. You will, 
you, you will fill me with joy in your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. The joy of the Lord is the understanding that this isn't the end. Romans 12, 12 says this, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. The joy of the Lord is the understanding that this isn't the end. The joy of the Lord is that promise that Jesus came down from heaven to die on the cross so that we don't, so we don't die and we can have eternal life. The joy of the Lord is the promise that actually this isn't how it was meant to, meant to be, but there is a future. The joy of the Lord is the promise that the future of heaven, the future of God's goodness, the future of what God says he is, is there. The joy of the Lord is that promise that this isn't the end. I'm not sure about you, but when I've gone through hard times, when life is really hard, I am so thankful that this isn't the end. Because it'd be an awful ending. Do you mean? I'm so thankful that this, I know this isn't how it's meant to be, and I know this isn't the end. The joy of the Lord is understanding that this isn't the end. Peter 1, 8 9 says this, Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you don't, do not see him now, you believe in him, and are filled with his inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of yourselves. This is a really cheery verse. Habakkuk 3, 17, 18 says this, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes in the vines, Though the olive tree, olive crops fails and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. The joy of the Lord isn't a replacement for pain in this life. Joy is parallel with it. We can sometimes think in life, we've either got to be joyful or sad. We've either got to have good things or bad things. But as you go through life, you realize there's just a this parallel of tracks, isn't it? Like there's good stuff going on and there's bad stuff going on. Likewise, the joy isn't a replacement for pain in your life. The joy is a parallel with it. Paul had the joy of the Lord whilst going through hard times. And if you don't think Paul's gone through hard times, read this. This is Paul speaking. I am more... I've worked harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received the Jews, the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. Why do you keep going on boats, mate? I spent a night and a day in open sea. I've been consistently on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from my Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled, and I've often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst, and I've often gone without food. I've been cold and naked, and I'm exhausted just reasoning about it. Paul's life was so hard. Lots of stuff went on. Paul spent five years under arrest. Five years of ministry, he was in prison or under house arrest. It's like Simon spending five years down in jail in Ipswich and just zooming in for the, zooming in for the sermon, sermon. He spent about what, two and a half years in prison. That means like a literal cell. 
the rest he spent under house arrest or being escorted by a Roman soldier from Jerusalem to Rome. Paul was open about his struggles. He says here in 2 Corinthians 1.8, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experience in the province of Asia. We are under great pressure, far beyond our ability to ensure, so that we despaired life itself. Paul was going through all of this, and he wrote this letter to the Philippians. And in Philippians, he speaks about joy over nine times. Paul was shipwrecked, he was in prison, he was doing all that stuff, yet he knew joy. He was receiving the gift of joy. He was so joyful whilst going through all of that. Because joy isn't a replacement for pain in our lives. Joy is parallel to it. When life is really hard, I'm thankful that I can still receive joy. When life is really hard, I'm thankful that even though I don't know what's going to happen now, even though I don't know where to go, I'm thankful that I can have joy. So, can you live with depression whilst having joy? Yes. You can be in hard times whilst having joy. Yes. You can't. Joy isn't an emotion. It's a promise. It's an understanding. A hope in something so much better. Joy is the hope for a better day. The understanding of the promised and the gift from God to keep on going. It's the hope for the better day. Some of you today might be struggling and going, I'm not... I don't see hope in this situation with the cost of living going up, with COVID, with war in Europe, with everything that's going on in our world today, it can feel very hopeless. Some of you might want to know today that joy is the hope for a better day. Others of you today might might want to know that joy is the understanding of the promise. The promise that no matter what you've done or what you're doing or what you're going to do, God came down from heaven to die on the cross for you. No matter what's happened in your past, you are loved and you are forgiven. No matter what's going on, you are known by the King of all kings and you are cherished. Joy is the understanding of that promise of what Jesus did for you and what he did for me. And it's the gift from God to keep on going. When life is hard, you can often feel like, oh, what's the point? Let's just give up. But when you know this isn't the end, when you know you're not alone, that's the little thing it takes to keep on going. Joy is powerful. Joy can change our lives. And we don't have to do anything but receive it. So as the band comes up, we're going to sing this song called Promises. And for you today, what are you taking away? What are you taking away from all of this? Is it maybe you felt guilty because you struggle with depression or some mental health and you don't feel like you can receive joy? You don't feel like you can be part of this Christian crowd because of that? Maybe for you today, it's receiving that and knowing actually, just because I can't be happy right now doesn't mean I can't be joyful 
For others of you, it's just that reminder of the promise of what Jesus did for you. For others of us, it might be actually we've struggled with mental health or something like that. And we're not sure if we could speak about it. We're not sure who to tell and we felt shameful about it. So for others of us today, it might be, actually, I'm going to say that to someone. And for most of us, probably, it's just going, God, I'm not sure if I can keep on going. With the world where it's at, with what's going on, it's going on. I'm not sure I can keep on going. For some of us, we just need to receive that gift of joy. So whatever you need to receive today, whatever you need to take away today, as we sing this song, why don't you spend some time with your Father who loves you and work out with him what you're going to do.